0: Hi there. Thanks for listening. This episode is sponsored by Matt, The Mortgage Guy, a California mortgage broker and real estate investor with your interest in mind. For good, honest advice and any of your residential financing needs, go ahead and shoot him a message at at mattatthemortgageguy.com or feel free to text him directly at 916-529-7600. Remember, when you're ready to apply, call Matt, The Mortgage Guy. And just so you know, for One Rental at a Time fans, he is waiving his six ninety-five dollars processing fee. Take care. Hey, everyone. I have a special show for you today. This show is meant to help you protect yourself, hopefully prevent you from getting burned. Uh, I actually brought back a friend who's been on the show many times, and we're going to talk about private money. Uh, he and I have borrowed millions of dollars in private money. Uh, we've structured deals with win-win. Uh, this this really came because this guest and I both have seen articles recently with bad actors doing bad things and burning limited partners and private money investors, and that's not okay. So let's welcome Tom Staub to the show. How you doing, buddy? Good. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. You know, it's holiday season. We're recording this on Christmas Eve. We're gonna post this on Christmas Eve. Really, is a gift because. Um, you and I both have experience in high tech in the Valley. We both talk to real estate investors, some that want to be active, right? They want to flip or they want to buy and hold, but I don't know, half my conversations are with people that go, I'm too busy and Mm -hmm. I just want to be the bank. And unfortunately what we've seen over the last two or three years is it was pretty easy to frankly be horrible investors. But make a decent return because the market was going up. Guess what? Yep. The market's gonna flatten out. I think there's particular parts in the commercial segment that are going to be disastrous. And if oh, yeah. you're if you're not careful, you're there are about to be a lot of money investors who lose most, if not all, their money. So I think we need to talk about this, how to protect yourself going forward. If you're in a deal now, what what to ask? Uh, because I think that's stuff. So what, why don't I turn it over to you? I know you use private money a lot, just as I do. Yeah. So why don't you kind of share your initial thoughts and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, and so just real quick, right? I, I use, um, yes, um, OPM or other people's money from, from, from my things in Arizona that I'm doing, um, you know, development, land up. So bigger deals. I've also, I have my own little portfolio of passive income, if you will, driven by these private money l- lending deals. But over the course of probably five years, um, I've been involved in more than 150 deals uh, with my own or my client's money. Uh, And just this past year, we did 81 deals uh, with a total capital amount of around 4.9 million. Right. So we've seen a lot of deals go go through our table. Um, We've only had two scares across all of the deals. And partly because of, I think, what we have in place to ensure that our risk is low returns are stable, and the teams execute on the deal.
0: Yeah. So, so you've put it out there. So when you say you had two scares, um, well, yep. what does that mean?
1: Yep. So you know, early on in my, I guess, investing with OPM or uh, hard money lending, I, I didn't understand the importance of team, right? Mm. Team is by far, I think, the most critical piece of the equation. For sure. And back then, I was willing to give my money to really anyone who had a hammer, um, <laughs> as long as I was getting my my payments. Right. And what you come to realize and one lesson that I'll share with your listeners and probably the most important lesson is that the experience of team and the size of the team is probably the most important part of the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I would tell, yeah, I think there's, I mean, so I'm not, so again, right. This is just always an open book on this channel. I have never, I've taken millions of dollars, probably upwards of eight to $10 million over the course of time, paid it all back, except I think I have half a million out right now. Most of that will be paid off by the end of January because they're just flips that are in the process. Maybe, maybe February 15th. Um, but where I was going with this is one thing I don't do. And I know others do is I don't mix capital. That's just a non-starter for me. And that means that Mike Zuber will never syndicate because I could I? Sure, I could go raise millions of dollars probably within 48 hours, certainly 72, you know, get a million dollars allocated, and then I could go search for multifamily. Um, That's not exciting to me. That's not something I will ever do. But how I structure my deals is okay, I find that value add asset. I'm going to use someone else to buy it, and then I'm going to come in and put my money at risk first. now I appreciate that that's not for everyone, and very few people have the financial backing to do that. Because again, I'm putting all, I'm putting my risk capital up first in that model, uh, but I just sleep so much better at night. Um, so why don't we talk about syndications? Because I think that's where the most pain is coming. Where hey, I'm one of fifty yeah. investors in a ten million dollar fund, uh, and oh by the way, you know this is what's gonna really this is this is the unfortunate part. This is my third deal with this operator. And oh, by the way, the first two were great. And now all of a sudden I'm in deal three, four, and five, and they're all going bad. That's what's about to occur. Because you were conservative in 2017 or 18 when you could not do wrong. And now you're in three deals and they're all going bad. So let's talk about a syndication that's like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on, right? There's a lot of headwinds that are hitting that syndication market. And and when you think (laughs) about your traditional... Yeah. I mean, to say the least, when you think about your traditional syndication as of late last five years, it's been residential commercial um, yeah. buildings, right? So 20, 40, 60 plus units mm-hmm. um, usually purchased in a DRC class uh, area, which means, you know, crime ridden uh, lower income with the hopes of turning it around to a B or a class.
0: Yeah. Right? Every, every so perspective I saw was value add yeah. value add value. That's add. right. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's great on paper. Right. Um, and I think if you assumed all conditions were to remain the same, which they're not, and people wanted to stay in these small apartments during COVID, and they wanted to pay extra for the A and B class, then I think you're all great. The problem is, as you know, that's not happening. The C and D class will probably remain C and D class, and the ability to raise rents, which drives the valuation of the building, is not going to exist. Yeah. Now, the problem that we saw with Grant Cardone this past year and other uh, operators or syndicators, they have the right to hold back distributions. For sure, right, and that's one of the biggest risks I think in syndications. You don't control your cash flow. Yeah,
0: right? and again, I would tell you what Grant Cardone, you you brought his name up, and other fiduciaries did in like April, May, June. They should have, right? Their number one job is to protect the asset, right? Their number right. one job is not to pay distributions. Um, so they're, yep. So, so this is what I think is happening right now. So a lot of uh, syndicators um, from the big boys all the way down, took a pause, March, April, May, at least March, April. And then they're like, Oh, this is not so bad. What what we didn't realize, or they didn't realize is the fed just basically gave out a bunch of free money. And now that's Mm -hmm. running, running out savings are down payments. Cause I saw it just in my little portfolio, right? My personal portfolio, we were running great through November. Then December hit not so great Mm -hmm. now. So my prediction is syndicators, uh, especially folks, if you have a syndication in a C-class area that you were hoping to upgrade to a B-class value add and your deal was interest only like 2018, 19, 20, uh, you are about to stop distributions again. I'm guessing you stop it by February, if not January, because rent collections are down. I mean, I talked to another big syndicator who's got market data and they were running about 95% collection. Now they're in the low 90s and you add that on top of vacancies, you're not paying distributions. It's just mathematically impossible. Yeah. You
1: were talking to uh, Dana from Hemlane, who I use too on my products. Um, she's pretty
0: ear to the ground on collections. What did she say in terms of what she's seeing right now? She is saying that uh, collections in single family homes are, rel- are Are the segment, are strong. And I would agree with that. My portfolio is about 60, 40 units to homes. And my homes are fine. I got one. I got one guy who's been playing games since the very beginning, but that happens. Uh, but homes are great. People will fight to stay in a home. They Once you are, again, I've done this for 20 years. Once you graduate from an apartment to a house, rental, you never want to go back. So you that's invite true. your sister, your neighbor, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you, you house hack, right? Essentially, you share the burden and that's happening. And that's okay, right? Rent gets paid. But yeah, multifamily collections is down. Uh, across the board and c-class is the worst c-class is in 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 some parts of the country is in the 70s and i promise you you could have a building free and clear and not be able to maintain the building with rents in the 70s that's how that's how bad it is it's it's getting pretty bad
1: yeah and this is um this is why i've been saying i mean you know back in august time uh yes there's a A wave of foreclosures coming, but it's going to be in the distressed property uh class. So it's C and D class. I don't think you're going to see a lot of B class foreclosures or even A class, really. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of well let me me
0: push back on that because I think so. so Technically, you're right, you're not going to see foreclosures, but you will see operators switched out because there are plenty of syndicators who are new that got a deal that was I.O. that Mm -hmm. now is in technical default. The bank's going to come in and audit them. They're going to realize they don't have the reserves and have zero capabilities to raise capital. And they're going to go, you know what? You're out. We are going to choose a new operator, one that we have a track record with, one who has bandwidth or a a bankroll, and they're going to swap them out. They're getting them a discount and it'll be over. So technically that will never be a foreclosure, but a general partner can get swapped out. When you are in technical default, the bank makes the rules.
1: Yeah, so what's what's interesting though is... um... I'd be curious to know how, how grave and, and how quick banks do that. I was, I just did a podcast recently about mm-hmm. my prediction of the commercial crash coming sure. in March or April. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't know this, but basically when you look at all commercial loans, mm-hmm. uh, half of them are, are given out by banks. Yep. And when you look at those, uh, even a, a level deeper, when you look at small banks, the small, you know, lo- local banks, mm-hmm. they are two to three times more concentrated in these commercial projects. And they're oh, wow. they're at a at great risk. Yeah, they're at great risk um, of a, a massive bad debt uh, hit to their balance sheet. So even digging deeper, I think the big banks will probably not start calling on their loans necessarily. It'll be the small banks that are in trouble that need to ensure that their assets, you know, are, are stabilized. That's
0: interesting because I I actually saw that in 2010, right? What people don't really realize is the crash, the last crash, the great recession, whatever you want to call it, it started in housing. But as the years went by, multifamily, i.e., commercial, was impacted. So I picked up 50 units for zero down, like three different multifamily yeah. assets. All of them distressed. All of them had been, yep, you know, yep, beaten to shit because the last operator couldn't perform. But they were all from small banks, all from small, yep. like yep, two branches, like local city banks, like not city banks, but local county county banks, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to name names, but I think that's coming. I think, uh, you uh, by the way, they're very flexible. Like one, one deal I bought, um, they gave me a discount on rates. Um, they, all I had to do was put 25 K away for reserves for six months of repairs, oh, wow. which was fine. Deal's done. Yeah. Another one. Um, they whacked a hundred grand off the loan that the last operator had took the interest rate in half. Um, and I had that deal done in like 10 days. I had no, I didn't put any, like yeah. I did like, I think I paid for processing fees or something. So when a small bank, what I'm saying is when you get a relationship with a small bank and you're a proven operator, they will bend over backwards for you because they want that shit off their books. Yeah. They don't they don't want it.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, I my fear goes back to the small first time, you know, syndicate, I guess syndicate uh, or investor. Yeah. Um, they pony up, they want their 12% interest. Uh, or I guess cash flow, And now they're like, "Uh oh, this building's going upside down. Yeah. So so, there's a mess coming to a lot of those newbies.
0: They're going to be wiped out. So, I mean, let's just play. So syndication wasn't a thing in 2010, but it just as easily could. So what is a syndication? You are basically an equity investor. So again, I picked up 50 units that had equity the day they closed. But guess what? Through bad operating, through a recession, through rent reductions and vacancies, the building couldn't operate. The bank took over, which immediately wiped out all equity. Gone, zero. Not not like pennies on the dollar, like zero. And that is coming. Yep.
1: Yep. In fact, if if it were me, and this is my opinion, and if I had invested um, in 18, 19, or twenty into a syndication in a CD class with the value prop sort mm-hmm. of uh, you know strategy, I'd be going right now to my syndicator trying to get my capital back as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, and or I if, would even if take a lot. I would take a discount, frankly. <laughs> at this yeah. point, yeah, uh, right. the The first person out is going to be the winner; won't be the last. Yep. Uh, but, right. So there's a couple of things I would dig into, right? Because again, I'm not—I don't want to bash all syndicators. I mean, there are more, probably more than half are great. I don't know; I've never done one; I'll never do one. But I'm worried about the thirty percent. I mean, we just shared a Facebook post with a local Bay Area syndicator who was a bad actor, and I think there's more of that stuff coming. And, um, yep. I guess what I would ask is, uh, I would call up the general partner and I would say first, um, what's the, what's the debt structure? Basically what's the payment? Is it interest only? Because a lot of deals were getting done the last two years only because they look good on paper because of the interest only period. If your deal yep. looks bad, fully burdened, meaning principal and interest trouble because that IO period is yep. going to reset in one, two or three years. So that's question one. Yep. Two, I would ask about reserves. How are your reserves, right? Are you, is it, I mean, is there a pile of capital there where you could take a three or four point hit on vacancies and a 5% rent reduction, right? Second, what's the worst case scenario? Can, can you keep this, like most people go into a syndication hoping to be cast out in three to five years. I believe like you, we're going to have a, a, a problematic period. So what happens if it's a six to 10 year hold? Can you do it? Yeah. Right? Because I think that's gonna happen. And again, well, and, yeah. Go yeah, ahead.
1: You know, and 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 think about, you know, when when you're when they're proposing this, this, you know, the, the return to you, um, it's based on the lifetime of the project, which was probably three to five years to your point, probably three yeah. most likely. Yeah. Now that it goes to 10 and you get the same return over a 10-year period. So your your return on your investment is probably three to five percent if it even pans out.
0: Yeah. Well, the problem is you're already in, you're, you're pregnant <laughs> at that point. Yeah. You, yeah, that's, it, yeah that's you're right. done. Right. So I guess there's a couple of words of advice. This is one, one of the things that I, I still speak at real estate meetups, you know, this, cause we we've, we've done some together is yeah. I'm, so I go there, I try to provide value, but what I'm looking for is the questions after I'm done. And we did one about, Oh God, it's been a year ago, probably now where like every other question was, I'm a brand new syndicator, Where what market should I go to? And that stuff yeah. scares me. I mean, you're going to yep. really take your friends and family's money and you've never syndicated, you never well, lived in this market. Here's a good deal scary. too,
1: just this past year, um, the requirements uh, that the government put on syndicators, they pulled back on. So it's even easier now to start a syndication, oh. to be an accredited investor is easier now. Uh, and so the process to qualifying who can invest in, in syndication is easier than ever. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So this is where I go with this. What I would tell, so first off, if you're, if you're quote unquote pregnant, meaning you're in a deal uh, you need to go figure out, basically I, you need to call up your person over between Christmas and new year's and figure out if that deal is going to go boom. Are, bad news doesn't get better with age. If it looks bad, I would offer to get out with a discount because again, last person out loses first person wins gets the best deal. I'm not saying you have to get out of all of them. If, like, if you're in a hot market like Atlanta, perhaps, probably the worst case for you is you hold for 10 years versus five. Probably. Yep. But there are some markets that are just toast. Um, then the yeah. second thing is if, if you're going to go into a new syndication, do yourself a favor. There, I believe most people go into syndications because they're not confident in their own behavior, their own knowledge right? I'm going to invest with so-and-so because they spend hours and they know all the vocabulary and they've done a deal. Build some confidence. I call it learning the market, learn the skill, because it's not that hard. And I just wish more people had confidence in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: fair. You know, I, and I'll, I'll end on one, one, uh, one topic that I use in all my deals, right? I, I analyze all these different variables in a deal and measure the risk uh, upon that. One of the key ones that I look for is, what is the upside to the syndicator or the borrower, mm. right? If the margin is tight and you're investing in that deal, any sort of you know, wobble, any sort of headwind can turn that deal upside down, right? So invest in deals that have massive margins. I mean, it's not that hard to do. If they're promising a 15% return over three years, not fantastic. 30, 40%, there's enough room in there that they can make mistakes. There can be complications and you still come out ahead. So it's when, and to your point earlier, most deals in multifamily, 18, 19, 20, they don't have big margins. They're very tight projects. And so that's why there's risk. They're overlevered. levered. Uh, they don't have enough room to make mistakes. And so if you're in one of those, uh, I'd be questioning what to do next.
0: Yeah. And let's be very clear. One last topic. We both know there are people trying to raise their next round right now, right? They're trying to do deals in 2020 or 2021. Uh, Because again, why? Well, cost of capital is really cheap and you can get an IO period for three years. And, oh, by the way, we're going to have a roaring 20s. And, you know, you're not earning anything with savings. But folks, please do your homework first. Don't absolutely don't get I mean, getting into a new deal now where cap rates are so compressed with so much variability in the future is uh, maybe not the best option. Well, it's bananas
1: when you can find a syndicator that's picking up hotels or you know uh, yeah. commercial buildings for mixed use at you know 40 percent discounts. Yeah, massive margins. You know, like that's where the money is being made right now. Uh, build to rent, commercial distressed assets, and hotel pickups. That's that's where it's at right now.
0: Totally agree. Well, tell you what, since I got you, Tom, I want to wish you a happy holiday. What? What? Where are you taking your business in twenty twenty one? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. So um, big things ahead. So we. We we had the excavators on the land uh, plowing away all the beautiful pine trees. (laughs) Um, So we're we have a second project going on in the same area of uh, Williams, Arizona, and then 2022 we'll be um, we're we're hoping to do a much bigger subdivision out in Arizona. Nice. Um, So that's going to keep going. Uh, We're continuing to build out our our client base for the private money deals. Um, so that's going well and we'll just keep, you know, trucking along.
0: Very cool, man. Well, ha- have a wonderful new year. Merry Christmas and keep doing what you, you do, too. buddy. Take care.
1: Likewise. Thanks. Uh-huh.